0: All right. Happy Thursday. It is September 2nd, and we are a mere 48 hours from the beginning of the college football season. We did it. We are here. College football is here. And today's podcast is all about college football. Pretty SEC football heavy, but let's face it, the SEC is the face of college football. Joining me today in a couple minutes is Jake Crane from The J-Boy Show. Jake's show slash podcast was recently picked up by The Volume, which is Colin Coward's podcast network. And so Jake does a really good college football podcast. So I have him on and we talk about a bunch of different SEC football teams, storylines, players headed into this season. So I think you guys are really Gonna enjoy that. Jake knows a ton about college football, but before we get to that, I wanted to make two notes on some ACC football teams. Number one is Clemson, and so their over under is eleven and a half. So to hit that, they would have to go twelve and zero. And their schedule this year is really really easy. Obviously, they play Georgia week one, not an easy game, but after that, they have no Miami, they have no UNC and they have no Notre Dame. So they don't have any of the next two or three top teams in the ACC. So it's one of those bets where if you bet the over on their wins for this season, you're kind of going to know how it fares after week one because I think if they take care of Georgia, they're going to run the table. And they've got the best odds to make the college football playoff in part because their schedule is so easy this year. So it looks like it'll be a cakewalk. For Clemson they'll be back in the college football playoff last thing on the ACC UNC so a lot of hype around North Carolina the quarterback Sam Howell they had a pretty good year last year put up some big numbers their over under win total is nine and a half so they'll have to go 10 and two or better to hit that but they are not as high on UNC as everybody else is they lost Duami Brown and another receiver their running backs that were dominant last year and really helped out. The passing game are gone, so I'm not sure if they're going to live up to expectations. They have at Virginia Tech on a Friday night. You know, Lane Stadium's going to be going to be popping and that game's actually tomorrow on September 3rd. They also play Miami, Notre Dame at Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. So I I see at least three losses in that. I think they could Lose to Virginia Tech. I think they could go down to Miami and Notre Dame. And then there's always one game that these teams, that are not the top tier teams, but a level down. They always seem to drop one of these weird games to a middle tier team. So it could be at NC State, something like that. But nine and a half, I think is too high. I think they end up going nine and three or eight and four. So take the under on UNC win total. All right. Now let's talk some SEC football with Jake. All right. Now I'm joined by Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show. Talk a lot of college football there, a lot of SEC football. And you kind of look like an SEC football guy. You kind of, I feel like I've seen people like you in the stands in Oxford or in Athens. You've got a perfect SEC vibe to you. But uh, thanks for coming on, Jake. I know you, uh, you've had a pretty busy last couple of weeks.
1: No, I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You hear my accent. People think uh, I'm from Kansas or something or, or Ohio because I don't really have that hard of a Southern accent. But, you know, born and raised there uh, and, and just been around it my whole life. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I've always been. It's how my buddies are. And, you know, we say it just means more. It really does. But now I enjoy covering it, man, and, and all of college football for real. Obviously, we talk a lot of SEC, but just had, glad to have it back. Uh, Very excited about this weekend. There's some great matchups, so let's get after
0: it. Yeah, and so before we get into the football, a quick 30, 45 seconds on your backstory. You're not just some random guy that's talking on a podcast about football. You're actually a coach for a few years. And uh, from what I read, you started the podcast a couple years ago. But recently, a couple weeks ago, your podcast, The J-Boy Show, was picked up by the Colin Coward network called the volume. So congrats on that. And can you take us back to the past few weeks? How did that start? Did Colin reach yeah. out to you? How did all that go?
1: Yeah, well, no, I appreciate it. So just quick backstory on me. I played at South Alabama down there, uh, coached college for nine years, six at the division one level all the way from South Alabama up to, up to Montana. Uh, so saw a lot, came back during the pandemic when we got sent home, Started this podcast just you know off a whim, Um, you know it's it's kind of a crazy story how it all went down. I'm gonna write a book about it one day, and it really took off. And uh, we've been grinding, really, you know, gone full time for a little bit over a year. Uh, I'm not Steve Jobs by any stretch of the imagination from a uh, technological standpoint, so it's amazing I could even get it out of where I got it out of. And then uh, about a month ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, got reached out to by Collins people. Thought it was a joke at first, honestly, because um, it was just kind of random the way it happened. Uh, then fast forward a week later, we flew out to LA and got to meet him and and are the only live show on the volume. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, it's some great, they got some great stuff on there. We go daily from three to four Eastern, two to three Central. We take questions live. Uh, we take comments live. I really want it to be interactive, but no. Um, and and you know ended up you know, signing with him. And, you know, my biggest thing about the show is there's a lot of sports shows out there that there's a lot of podcasts. I'm not in it for the the clickbaity stuff or, you know, just saying ridiculous stuff to get a ridiculous reaction. I'm going to tell you what I think uh, you may agree or disagree, but I think I provide a perspective, you know, after being in it for so long at, at a high level of what really goes on. That's why our slogans win the water cooler. I mean, we do everything from, Uh, Talk about what's what's going on, you know, schematically. Draw it up on the board. uh, Talk about terminology. You know, talk with guests about the normal stuff you're going to hear. But I I just think it kind of takes the audience into a side of the game that they're not used to. So that's uh, that's probably been my favorite part of it. Yeah, man, it's been amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great show. I started. I, I came across you a couple weeks on Twitter. Started seeing some of the clips, and I'd never really listened to a college football podcast before because I didn't think any of them were that good they didn't really fit with me which is surprising because college football is so big you'd think there'd be yeah. a lot of really good ones out there I came across yours I was like okay this is it this is the college football podcast I've been looking for <laughs> I so
1: I, I really appreciate that man y'all are doing a hell of a job too and and that's why I jumped at it when uh, you asked me to come on so no I, I appreciate that and it's only getting better I, I, a cool thing we're going to be doing and I, you know, shameless plug here, but every Saturday uh, on that same YouTube channel, we're going to be simulcasting the two biggest games. So, for example, uh, this weekend it'll be Miami and uh, uh, Alabama, and then Clemson and Georgia. And during the game, while I can't legally show the game, right. uh, I'm able, I'm able to. Um, uh, say I'm driving to Atlanta traffic right now, which is basically like playing Frogger. So sorry if I'm. <laughs> no worries. Second. So but, you're uh,
0: simulcasting but, like a, a yeah, watch so along. I
1: yeah, and, and we'll be breaking down what's happening. You know, uh, be taking questions. You know, schematically, why is Alabama, you know, Miami getting run through, which I think is going to happen. But uh, no, and then we're going to do the same thing for Georgia and Clemson and have guests pop in as well. So it's going to be a pretty good deal.
0: That's going to be awesome. And those are two great, great. games to, to start it off. So um, I'll be walking sure. along with you at least at least for a few minutes. So we can't start talking about the SEC without talking about Alabama and Nick Saban. And you hear a lot about give this person their flowers now. And I'm not a big fan of that saying, because I mean, there's people during the NBA finals who are telling me to give DeAndre Ayton his flowers now because he was going like 17 and eight in the NBA finals. But I was like, he's the third best player on the team. But in this case, yeah. with Nick Saban, six championships and his 14 years at Alabama, just signed an extension. He is a guy we should give our flowers to now. And I think this could be the best college football coach we see in our lifetime.
1: Yeah,
0: and, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, without a doubt.
0: And, and so he's got an Alabama team that they've lost a couple guys on offense, obviously running back Najee Harris, the receivers. They got a new quarterback who I was doing some research on, Bryce Young. He was like the 22nd overall prospect all time on 247 and in in those rival pages that do the high school recruits. So he's a big-time recruit, number one recruit on the team. Where does this Alabama team stack up uh, the past decade with Nick Saban, Alabama teams? Well, you
1: know, I, I think when, when you're comparing teams from that big of a scope, the game evolves and, and changes so much uh, that you got to kind of put it in that circumstance or that perspective. Uh, you look at Nick Saban kind of having his epiphany that they're going to have to score after losing to Ole Miss a couple times. And, and we know a couple of those games where uh, – just offensively, the game's evolved to the point where you're not really going to have any more 9-6. Your traditional, you know, we're going to stop the run, play great defense, play great special teams, and not turn it over on offense mentality and, and really be able to dominate. But, no, we'll never see anything like this again in college football, what Nick Saban's done, to answer your first question. Uh, he's the best coach of all time in college, in my opinion. Uh, you know, and really the only person he's going against is Bear Bryant. You know, who's at the same school there at Alabama, but I would take Nick Saban. Over Bear Bryant, I think it's harder nowadays to do it. Much harder, uh, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but uh, dealing with you know kind of the world at the way it is now, and the NCAA, even though they're diminishing by the second. But when I look at this team overall, and and I look at Bryce, uh, I have to separate the two. Uh, defensively, I think this Alabama's gonna have the best defense in the country. Uh, I think they're that talented. I think them in Georgia, it's a close race. But I love what Alabama returns in their front seven. Uh, you look at the back end; they return three or four. Even though losing Patrick Sertan is never easy to replace, the way they recruit there is incredible. Will Anderson up front to me is going to win SEC Defensive Player of the Year just due to his versatility. He can rush the passer, he can drop in coverage. He's good with his hands. He's got great instincts. Uh, he knows how to turn the corner. But you know, when I look at Alabama offensively, you know Bryce Young to me is just next up, and and his his game is way different than Mac Jones. And asking them to replicate what Alabama did on offense last year's unfair. Uh, it right. just, it's not going to happen. Uh, not only the defenses have a spring and a summer now, but you add Devonte Smith, Jalen, I mean, you go down the list, that offense was unbelievably loaded, like the 2019 LSU offense. So I don't think you're going to see that production, but what you're going to get from Bryce is something that as a defensive guy always scares me to death. The quarterback being able to run, not only, you know, being able to tuck it and run or break a tackle and run, but being able to extend plays and being able to make a defensive end miss in the backfield for a sack, keep his eyes downfield, let one of those elite receivers, even though they had to replace a couple, go get it. So while, while I don't think this team will be elite offensively, I think it'll lean defense heavy early. And once Bryce gets his feet wet, you're going to see him start to really turn it on.
0: Right. And and you hit the nail right on the head with running quarterbacks. And even when we think of the great Alabama defenses, the one. Thing that you can beat them with is with the running quarterback. We saw it with Deshaun Watson a couple of times in the national championship. His ability to move yep. around really uh, can help create. Johnny some-
1: Manziel. Yeah,
0: yeah. Jo- exactly. Johnny Manziel. Okay, so Alabama, last thing on Alabama. Would you be more surprised if they finish the season undefeated or with two losses? So I'm looking at their schedule right now. They've got a couple tough road games. They're at AM, at Florida. They got the Miami game at. The, at the top that you mentioned at the beginning. They're also at Auburn in the Iron Bowl last game of the season. Which which one do you think is more likely to happen? Let me change the question. Undefeated or two losses? I think
1: the two losses. I think they're going to lose a regular season game and lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. But, you know, betting against Nick Saban, I mean, it's <laughs> right. it's a scary deal. I would not be shocked if they beat everybody by 30. I mean, that's just what they've been able to do. But if I, you know, had to pick one, uh, I don't think this team, you know, I, offensively, like I said, is as elite as the other ones. And I think teams will still be able to put up points. My, You know, one thing you got to look at, and I never wish injury or anything upon anybody, but Bryce Young can't do this thing like Jalen Hurts or Cam Newton or these guys and just scramble and take hits. He's not big enough for that. You know, Jalen was able to take hits and be fine. Cam was able – heck, even Joe Burrow was a pretty big guy, could take hits and be right. fine. Max Johnson, pretty big guy, could take hits and be fine. Uh, I look at Bryce, and I'm sure they're they're telling them, listen, beat them from the pocket, escape if you have to, get what you can get. If it's fourth and three, that's different. But we'd rather be in second nine than you put your head down on first and ten and get us a first down and take the safety, you know, right to the shoulder. So uh, that's something you got to watch out for. That's what I'm most interested to see in this Miami game. But, but I think it'd be more likely that they lost a couple than go field.
0: So let's go to Georgia. You seem to be pretty high on them, having them uh, beat Alabama in the SEC championship. So they got JT Daniels, who's kind of in the Heisman discussion right now. I'm a lot lower on JT Daniels than most. Just seeing him, he struggled at USC. And I know he had a few good games last year for Georgia. But when you look at the competition he went against, it, it wasn't great. So Kirby Smart, a little heat on him. Can he win? the big games, which I think is slightly unfair. I mean, he made the championship against Bama a few years ago and, and really should have won that game. And so I think he's almost hurt by that because people are expecting him to go back, you know, every other year or so. But they open up with Clemson, big game um, off the top. So are you, so you've got uh, Georgia winning the SEC, it seems like, but you must be high on JT Daniels. Do you think the offense is going to be uh, effective for Georgia this year? Uh yeah I do
1: you know I that my thing with JT is that you know he doesn't panic that that's what I like about him and while they've had some guys go down there's some weapons you know that that have been pushed off to the side you look at Gilbert what happened there Pickens obviously Kierrus has been a little bit beat up Darnell Washington's gonna be out I just like the way he runs his offense uh and Georgia needs that I, I think it was a big trust thing from a play calling standpoint. With Kirby and Georgia, you know, not wanting to risk it. I talked about Nick Saban having, having that epiphany. I think with Munkin, the combination of Munkin and Daniels and the talent they have around him, because Georgia's going to be able to run the ball. They're loaded at running back as well. But I think you're going to see a little bit more up-tempo offense. I think you're going to see a little more throwing on first down. Uh, and JT's deep ball is about as good as it gets out there. I know he only had 119 passes, but he does have a lot of experience. And, you know, you put him with the personnel that Georgia has, I think JT is going to have a big year. And he's not a a bad Heisman bet at plus 1,000.
0: Right, yeah, and especially if Georgia is going to be a top team, that always helps in the Heisman race. So let's go to the next SEC team, Texas A&M. They're over or under on wins is 9.5. Quarterback Haynes King, um, explosive guy. And I was looking at Texas A&M's schedule. It came out pretty well for them. They only really have one Kind of tough road game. They've got a lot of middle-of-the-pack SEC teams on the road, like LSU, Ole Miss. But they've got Bama at home. They've got Auburn at home, Mississippi State at home. So I think if I had to, if I had to make a bet on an over-under, I would say A&M could get to, to 10 wins. They could lose to Bama and another game on that schedule. But what are your thoughts on Haynes King and the Aggies? Well, you know, number one, I'm glad Jimbo went out and named a starter.
1: You know, it, it didn't beat around the bush with it, leave his guys kind of in the dark. What Haynes gives you, you know, is that running element. We know he's four, four, five, But what I like is he's really good throwing on the run. And, you know, Kellen Mond to me, I wasn't as high on Kellen Mond as everybody else was. Uh, I think Jimbo kind of protected him last year. You know, Kellen struggled you know, accurately down the field. He struggled in the short game, wasn't bad in the intermediate game because he could throw the fastball pretty well. You know, whether it's the dig, uh, you know, routes like that, sail on the out, stuff like that. But when I look at a I just think they're so talented up front on both sides of the ball. I know they lost a couple offensive linemen, but they recruited so well there and they had a ton of depth last year. And you're going to see that this year. Uh, so look, I, I think a could get 10, don't sleep on that LSU game, though. I think LSU bounces back, has a big year, and they get AM the last regular season SEC game of the of the year at home. That one could have big implications on it. So, uh, if AM is able, and they do have a backup quarterback, speaking of AM, Calzada, I like that kid a lot. Uh, that really helps you from a play calling standpoint when you have a backup that, that that's that capable with a starter that can run like that. You're not afraid to call too much quarterback run game. So, I, I like AM. I, I'm I'm a little weary of a couple of the games. Haynes needs to stay healthy. That's secondary. I want to see them live. You know, some people question their speed, but they're so good up front on the D-line that negates some of it. So uh, I think the over there makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and, and they should be coming into that Bama game week six. They should be 5-0 and oh going into that game. So that'll be a pretty hyped up game. So you mentioned LSU. You seem to be pretty high on them and, and them last year was weird. So they're coming off the national championship. Obviously they lose burrow and some offensive weapons, but they come out week one and Mississippi state crushes them. And you're like, okay, well maybe Mississippi state's really good, but it turns out Mississippi state wasn't even that good in borderline incompetent on offense, which is weird with a, a Mike Leach team. But Max Johnson looks like he's gonna be the starter for LSU. They did, they were trending in the right direction. At the end of last season with wins against Ole miss and Florida ended up five and five last year. So their are over unders eight and a half wins. So you're, you're buying LSU. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I got it. I got the over at eight at eight. Wins. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, again, I mean, depending on what book you use, we use, you know, FanDuel, but, um, no, look, LSU does a whole hell of a lot better as the outsider and all they've heard, whether it's this off season, um, you know, uh, you look you when you look at LSU as a team, they're as talented, just about as talented as anybody. I love Max Johnson. I love what he can do. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, when I'm sitting here grading a team, if LSU can go out and handle business at uh, UCLA and get some momentum, even with new coordinators, I love the Pete's hire. Uh, I like Durante a lot, but until you've called it, you know, the the, ju- the jury's still out. So, you know, I, I think LSU has a good season. I got to finish in second in the West.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. High on LSU. And it's, the SEC is always better when LSU is good and, and Coach O is, is having his press conferences. Okay. So you're high on LSU. Let me go to a co- couple quick things and then we'll get you out of here. I know I just have a couple more minutes with you. So we've got four new head coaches in the SEC, Auburn's got Brian Harson, Vandy with Clark Lee, Tennessee, Josh Heupel, and then South Carolina with Shane Beamer. So of those four guys, how many of them do you think are still standing after, I don't know, let's say three years? Because a lot of these athletic departments, they've got quick triggers. We've seen it. My last episode was about Nebraska and how they fired uh, Pelini when he was going nine and four, 10 and four, but which which of these guys and how many are still standing three or four years later?
1: Um, you know, I, I think the guy that's going to be the first to go, uh, I look at Hypel at Tennessee. I think he's a stopgap. Uh, I like the Brian Harson hire at Auburn. We're going to see, you know, I'm interested to see how his kind of philosophy, especially in recruiting comes out and how it does in this league. Shane Beamer. I love that hire at South Carolina. I think he's going to be there for a while. Uh, and then you look at Clark Lee at Vandy, uh, they're not wanting to go through coaches, you know, a lot like tissue papers. So I think you're going to see him there for a good amount of time. But I would say Heupel would be the one that I, I think the most risky uh, to be there for three or four years. Because once they get through this NCAA stuff, uh, I don't see them being able to, you know, turn the tide, I guess, per se, if you look at their records against their rivals and re- really overall. So I would say hypels in, in the most jeopardy.
0: Okay, last two <laughs> Last two quick things, Shane Beamer in South Carolina. South Carolina has been just kind of weird the past five, six, seven years. They'll have some good NFL prospects coming out, but it seems like they never quite get the quarterback position right. Is, is there a, you know, in, in a couple years, is, is the future bright for this South Carolina team, or is the SEC just too deep for them to really get their footing back and be a, uh, you know, above 500 SEC team?
1: Well, you know, what? again, I don't think South Carolina is a place where you're going to be competing for the East every year. But but I think it's a place where you can slip up and win nine, you know, even 10 games every once, every three to four years. And that's all they ask. And I mean, even if you look at the way Shane's recruiting right now, you know, he was the recruiting coordinator in there when Spurrier won 33 games in three years, which I still think may be his best coaching job of his whole career when, when you look at that. But uh, South Carolina is a place that, that you can win, but but you're not going to dominate and they don't expect you to dominate. And I, I just think Shane's a really good fit there. He's a young, energetic guy, obviously being the son of Frank Beamer uh, helps from an organizational standpoint, knowing what's going on, knowing kind of how it's supposed to roll, but also being your own man. So no, I, I think South Carolina is going to be competitive eventually. That roster right now is just not ready.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Take a couple years for him to get his guys in there. So last question you mentioned at the top, you've got Bama rolling over Miami, which I'm a, I'm a big deer King guy. I think he's a difference maker, but I think that Alabama defense is going to be way, way too much. So I agree with you on that. The second or probably the biggest game an SEC team is playing is the Georgia versus Clemson game in Charlotte. Just an awesome classic week one college football game, big time quarterbacks going against each other. What what do you think who do you think is gonna win this game?
1: You know, I, I think Georgia and that line keeps going down. And Clemson announced yesterday because there's little things, you know, people are going people will look at the quarterbacks, you know, they'll look at the linebackers. I'm telling you right now, Clemson having to rotate centers is a big deal. I would rather rotate quarterbacks than centers. It's it's a it's a it's a thing that a lot of fans won't think about. But think about what it changes, the cadence and then being used to it, the chemistry up front, making the checks. Uh, A lot of it goes hand in hand. And, I mean, you're you're getting a different snap. A lot goes into that. So watch out. That's a sneaky thing. Both these defenses are really, really talented. Uh, But at the end of the day, when you're going to rotate centers against the monsters and Jordan Davis that Georgia has up front, that could cause a lot of problems, especially early. Watch out for that. I like Georgia.
0: Okay, all right. So keep your eye out on the Georgia defensive line, getting some pressure, making their uh, their center uneasy. All right, he's at the J-Boy Show. Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Would love to have you on later on in the season as well. And, and congrats on all your success. Definitely, man. I appreciate
1: it. Anytime, just holler at me and uh, we'll get it done. It's an exciting time. Let's get football here.
0: Thanks, Jake. Talk to you later.
1: All right, buddy. See ya.
0: All right, that's the show. Thank you to Jake Crane from the J-Boy Show for coming on. Next week, got two big NFL podcasts coming out. They'll both be out before the opening kickoff on Thursday. Getting you guys all ready and prepped for the NFL season. Going to do the top NFL storylines, some predictions, some awards, rookie of the year, MVP, and the highly coveted, super bowl prediction so be on the lookout for those next week thank you everybody for listening i really appreciate it and i will talk to you guys on tuesday see ya